Welcome to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us for episode 51 here on the Catholic Buzz. Uh, last week, we reminisced on the earlier 50 episodes we did together, and it was nice to look back, and so nice to get your comments this week about uh, some compliments about uh, the podcast that we've been having here online for all of you as we discuss random Catholic topics. And in that randomness, uh, I am always joined, of course, my name is Father Daniele, and I'm always joined by Josh Sullivan Hello. and Matt Van Milligan. Hello. 51 episodes were past that uh, one year. 50 yeah, threshold. The hump. Eh? Yeah, we're past the one year. Now it's all downhill from here, maybe. <laughs> eh? Is it all downhill? I would have said it's been downhill for a while. But then <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. Hopefully we're going back uphill a little bit. I know. Hopefully we'll pick it back up uh, a little bit. Uh, okay, so we are back in us. Our churches are closed again. And uh, so we've been celebrating Mass virtually. And it's very difficult. It's not the same. It's a lot right? different. I think just even just, again, getting into that, it's easier now to let Mass go. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is really easier just to be like, oh, it's Sunday. Oh, yeah, okay, I got to watch Mass again. Oh, okay, it's on. Okay, instead of getting into it. Like at one time, I think we were, it was really out of our routine, but this off and on, off and on thing, it's really kind of, and then, and then also, if if you are the one of the ones that are able to go to church and now you're not, you know what I mean? Like you're one of the 30 that got into the church and if that was a regular thing for you on Sundays. Or I find with myself anyways, it was a lot harder um going off and on again to make it routine, make it schedule, make it something. And, or, oh my goodness, it's, it's Sunday again. Okay, we got to, we got to, like it catches me on a, I don't know, surprise. Yeah. It's very disappointing for people, you know, that we can't yeah. gather uh, inside of our churches. And disappointing for me as well, you know, it's, the, the sacraments are for, are for the people, but uh, hopefully this will pass, right? This yeah. uh, situation in Ontario doesn't seem like it's uh, getting any better, but hopefully it will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, made, it's made them more difficult, I think, just that, that it, it's happening in waves that we get to go back yeah. to Mass, and it's exciting, and we get to, and then, and then it, gets, it gets taken away. Again. Yeah, here in our health unit yeah. district, we had like a one month. We opened in the yeah. middle of March, um, later than anyone else. And in, into red, closed. not even in the full open. Like, we yeah. could have been in green, but we went to red for like three weeks or four weeks or five weeks. And then, but we were able to celebrate Easter together. Which is right. That would have been a shame nice. if we were closed yeah. uh, for Easter. I mean, it's a shame that we're closed now, but... And every time we're open, all of a sudden now, I don't know if you guys heard about that new uh, new variant now. They're calling it, I think it's the India-Pakistani variant that's coming in. We've got 11 cases or 28 cases or I can't remember. Like it's in the low numbers, but now they're starting to worry about that. And yeah. So every, every time we just start to slowly get on top of it. Yeah. I know. And that's what's frustrating for people. Every time you see you see like a light at the end of the tunnel, then it's like, uh, yeah. you know. But uh, I, I must say that during this time, I've used it, you know, obviously to deepen my, my own prayer. And uh, despite what, what happens around us, we've got to trust that there is an end to this and we'll be back to uh, yeah. the glory days. Yeah, <laughs> it takes, as a parent, I think for me, it takes some time just to kind of, okay, I, like, because I'm stuck at being at home and I don't, I can't, I have to put down my TV and spend time with my kids now mm-hmm. more, which I spend a lot of time with my kids, but there's actually, I, I've noticed this last week more so that putting down like a very significant effort to spend time with my kids, to, to like, okay, nope, put, put away my phone, put away my stuff, I'm going to play chess, I'm going to play checkers, right. I'm going to play, I'm gonna, even playing video games, but I'm trying to even stick away from that, because video games, you don't talk as much as you do, I love playing video games with my kids, but chess and checkers, we actually have some conversation going on, that's really good. Let me ask you, what's one thing from like, pre-pandemic life, 
that you miss right now that you want, you just can't wait to, to get back to. Like something that's just become a new normal. You know what? This was just the other day. Going to the movies. Oh, yeah. I just, yeah. So, someone posted a picture of like the, the, the 80s carpet floor and all that stuff. And I was just yeah. like, I was like, oh, like I, I, I saw the picture. I smelt the popcorn. Yeah. I, and I was like, I haven't gone to a movie in like two years. You know, that's, yeah. that's something that, because I don't go to movies very often to begin with. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things, especially now that the, the weather's getting nicer and, and summer's mm-hmm. coming around, um, right before, or the, I guess the summer before the, the pandemic, uh, I started to teach the boys how to play tennis. But then last summer, like all playground equipment, and it, like even though you're not touching anything, it's yeah. like technically, you know, it's shut down. And now it's it's looking like it might be the same thing this summer. This so summer. it's like just to be able to a nice so true. pick up and, and go, you just can't, don't really have that option anymore, so. Yes, that's a good point. Like outdoor things, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to indoor things. Just gathering. Yeah, you can't have a party anymore. I know. <laughs> you know, you, you can't gather after mass anymore. Like those simple things, even in your family, like holidays yeah. with a, you know, your you can't have your cousins, just the people you live with or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like hard to yeah. live out your vocation. What's one? Okay, on this topic, I know we're going past. Uh, yeah, we're going past what I. But what's one thing that you don't don't mind that started from the pandemic? That you would like to see stay. I gotta be honest. I really do enjoy spending that much time with my family. Yeah. I I, I was thinking about it recently. I think there's a time. My boys are old enough now, where we have a lot of fun. Like they're getting into their teenage years, and so we do enjoy. Like I enjoy having them work with me. I enjoy being with. Yeah. There are sometimes that they're a little bit annoying, but you know, for the most part, <laughs> no, I love I love them dearly. I know. They they but they are like I do I do enjoy spending more time with my family, and it's kind of forcing me to do that. Yeah. And even though at times I'd rather watch TV, it's yeah. just open the door. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, I'm I'm a homebody. Like I I like being at home. I have, you know, I have my wood shop. I have like, I have enough to kind of keep me uh, engaged at home. So um, uh, before the pandemic, there was a lot of, you know, pressure to go out and whatever, which is probably good for me. Like it's probably good to kind of bring me out of that, (laughs) that comfortable space. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, that's maybe something that that, the, the pandemic has made me realize that's, you know, uh, even though I'm pretty self-sufficient at home, that's that's maybe not the best yeah. best situation, and I'm looking forward to getting back to you. Good, because now we'll, we'll get him out more often. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> what about so, you? <clears throat> me? This is going to sound really funny, yeah. but I don't mind all the extra cleaning that's going on in places. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like when you show up to a grocery store, now your cart is sanitized, your basket sanitized, the yeah. debit machine. Like you think I'm not a germaphobe or anything, but no. you think prior to the pandemic. The, were those things ever washed? <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind you get a fresh, clean cart. Like, usually you have, like, things dripping off your cart or basket. And, you know, you're, you're going through to find, a, to find one that's yeah. not dripping yeah. with sauce that exploded or something like that. Bathrooms are you know? cleaner. Uh, all that stuff. Everything's, cl- everything's cleaner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Which is nice. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Now that you say that, I, I agree. Yeah. Even, even <clears throat> not worrying too, too much about the fact that, like, people are coughing all over your bananas or apples or whatever the case yeah. may be because they got to wear a mask. So you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, okay. I'm still going to wash them, but, exactly. you know, I don't Go have ahead. to. Go ahead. Cough yeah. on my yeah. banana. Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's see how good the masks work. Okay, yeah. we we went a little long there, but it was fun to talk about uh, today. What we're actually talking about is vocations, because this past Sunday was the World Day of Prayer for vocations, yeah. and I I think it's just so important that we remind people to not not only to pray for vocations, but that we as Catholics have a responsibility to encourage vocations in the church. You know, and I know there's all sorts of vocations, right? I like to obviously focus on uh, on religious vocations, but vocation in general, I think, is something we have to pray for, right? Mm-hmm. People to, to to find their own, and and it's just so beautiful because I spoke to a class um, a number of weeks ago virtually in a, from another city um, <clears throat> about vocations, and basically they wanted me to give them a definition of a vocation that they can use on their exam. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> And so I thought about it and I said, okay, here's, here's what it is. And uh, maybe I'm going to screw it up a little bit, but I just said it's, it's a call from God to use the gifts that he's given you yeah. for what he's created you to do. Hmm. That's yeah. basically what a convocation is. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, they were like, what? And they were writing it down like, yeah. say that again, you know. Uh, but that's true. That's basically when you hear, hear the word vocation, that's all it is. God has given each of us gifts. Yeah. God has given us each of us strengths and 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 personality, and we're we're supposed to use those things to fulfill what He's put us here for. You know, whether that's marriage, whether that's a certain career, whether that's a, a religious vocation or uh, the priesthood or whatever it might be, God has already planted those things in our heart. Yeah, you know, now it's up to us to discover them. But today, I feel like we just kind of go with the flow, hey. Like we just land a job, so, you know, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. just land yeah. a job or, or fall into a certain studies program, um, but don't take the actual time to think, what did God place me here for? We, we talked about before, God's got perfect will and then permissive will, mm-hmm. right? And God's perfect will, living out your vocation. He give you those gifts. It's not to say that if you're living out your vocation, isn't going to be a struggle. Of course, there's going to be a struggle because through struggle, we grow closer to him. But in living out those vocations where you can use all your gifts and talents and where you're going to be the most joyful. Not the happiest, but the most joyful. This yes. is where you're going to find the most joy in your life. Um, it's because you have desires and you have, uh, you have gifts and, and those gifts bring you life. Those gifts from the Holy Spirit, gifts from, you know, and, so, and God gave you those gifts for a reason. So if your gift was... Um, let's just say your gift was administration work, you know, then you would really bring, you would get joy, get life from doing administration work. Mm-hmm. It's not one of my favorites, but I do get joy from teaching, right. you know, and I, and I think teaching is one of my gifts. And so when we go into teaching, um, when I do teaching, I get life from teaching. I am tuckered out by the end of the day, no matter what, but it's one of my gifts. And so my call, my vocation in life to my family but through that also is through teaching. Sure. You know? You're using your gifts uh, yeah. in a way that, you know, uh, has been set before you. Exactly. You know, and I think that's a process we have to reteach yeah. today. Yeah. Because, you know, oftentimes parents just kind of say to their kids, you know, uh, maybe they have plans for them. Maybe parents have plans for their kids already. Yeah. You know, you will be a doctor <laughs> or you will be a police officer or whatever it might be, you know. But for parents to pray with their children about, where where God is is leading you in your life. You guys have four kids each. Yeah. 
you know, all um, boys too. All boys. <laughs> yeah, there better be a priest or two eight, out of those. Sons there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but but to, to be able to pray with them, you know, and I think it's a beautiful thing to discover what God has placed you here for, right? But we need to we need to teach people how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and we need. I think. I think we need to. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about um, that you run into problems when you kind of boil down vocation to just career. Yes, that it's like if, if you're just speaking in career terms, and a lot of times as parents, you're kind of pushing yeah. a, a career direction um, to your kids, and not necessarily thinking about you know where they'll end up in terms of vocation. Yeah. So, and you do have uh, vocations that are career specific. So, teaching yeah. is, is a great example. Um, uh, yeah, uh, what's it, no, medical work that yeah, it right. takes a specific skill set, like it, um, a, a specific kind of disposition to really live out that vocation effectively. Um, so there are there are kind of areas or career areas where you know um, <clears throat> uh, you can describe those properly as vocations. Um, but when we were talking earlier about that, some vocations you know affect an ontological change. So something like priesthood—that yeah. it's, it's not just a job. That it's this. This is a permanent situation that you're called to, that you're prepared for, that you're given the gifts to do. Being ordained. Another yeah. one is, is maybe being married, but um, mm-hmm. also having kind of vocations within vocations. So like yeah, yeah. motherhood, fatherhood. Those those are kind of separate things that people can be called to, can be prepared for, can have gifts specific to those vocations that yeah, aren't, aren't necessary. So, um, you know, yeah. some people um, uh, that are called to a vocation of, of being married. Like, but in, in, in the situation where they're maybe not able to have children, they're not necessarily called to a specific vocation of fatherhood, fatherhood. or motherhood. Yeah. Or, um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's helpful to think about um, vocation as a calling, as something that affects an ontological change and not just kind of a... A desirable Job. career path. Yeah, right. Agreed. Yeah. And agreed. would you guys say that w- when you were preparing for marriage, that you were looking at your marriage from that perspective? Like, is this what God, is is this I, I who God has placed for me in my life? Yeah. And, yeah. There was. It was actually something that. So I wrestled. I wrestled because I grew up in a good cradle Catholic, but a good Catholic family and stuff. And so it was an option actually for me was the priesthood. And uh, it was something that my parents, I think, wanted for me at that time. It was a little bit different than some. Sometimes, you were um, the first boy in the. Family. I'm the first boy in yeah. the family, and uh, my parents, being who they were and everything else, they really. Uh, there's nine kids, and so they wanted me to be a priest. Not that they wanted. I think they felt like that might be what I was supposed to be called to be. So I wrestled with that determination on my heart, all throughout being a teenager, but also then throughout uh, before I got married. And so one of the things I remember was. Um, bringing it in front of a bishop. Actually, I was stuck in a convent with a bishop um, we, uh, in Newfoundland. That's a story for another time. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but I remember going uh, and talking to him about it because we were stuck there for two weeks and it just so happened he was taking two weeks and he was going to be in this uh, convent with us too and like a little two-week retreat. It was awesome. And I, I decided to use this time. I was coming back off the road from Net Ministries and I was going to pray about my relationship with my girlfriend at the time who had we'd been dating for about five years at that time, but two of them, I was on the road. It was a long distance relationship. It was a hard relationship, but we were still together at the end. And that was, that's a miracle in itself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Net is known to break up relationships pretty quick if, if they're not meant to be. And so I was thinking, okay, Lord, what's going on here? And, and he said, but I was struggling with the priesthood. And the priest said, well, there's a desire in your heart, which is good. And he said, but you need to give, like, if you really want to know what God wants, 
you got to give that will over to God. Just ask him. Ask him and like sit down, have in adoration, sit there through spiritual guidance and everything else and, and really discern where God is calling you to go. Because if you have both desires in your heart, that's good. Mm-hmm. And God is going to show you the right way. And so I ended up doing that, man. And God made it very clear to me that day. It was so awesome. Um, but he made it very clear to me that day that I was supposed to go home and get married. You know what I mean? And not the desire for priesthood just left because the desire for ministry was still there, if that makes sense. But the desire that, that um, going to become a priest, um, the guilt of not becoming a priest maybe that my family was imposing or whatever, didn't leave me at that time. I mean, left me at that time. The guilt was gone and I realized, no, I'm meant to be married at that time. But I think it's every, every person needs to go through a discernment of which path they are supposed to go down, whether it be married life or vocational, um, religious or the priesthood or something. I think it is it like, and I think people should struggle with it. It shouldn't sure, be, it, of it course. Sh- it shouldn't be an easy decision either way. Yeah. It shouldn't be a, yes, I'm gone this way. Depending yeah. on what time you become Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. In, in, in my case, I was, I was kind of mid, mid to late 20s before, you know, that, that option even presented itself. Yeah. Um, so at the time that I decided to do RCIA, priesthood or marriage was, kind of a very real possibility either way, because I, I think I mentioned in a previous episode that uh, the idea of going to school for that long is, is more appealing than it was like, oh man, that sounds terrible. Um, uh, but by the time I was received into the church, um, uh, it wasn't a, a, like a 10-year a, a um, relationship. Um, my wife and I my, um, were dating for about a week and a half before we had, we had a pretty clear idea that marriage is, is where we were being table. called. Yeah. Um, so that's, and, and that's not people's typical experience, I don't think. But um, by the time I was received into the church, I had, a, a, I would say, a pretty clear calling to, uh, that I was supposed to be married. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, one, we have someone who's trying to discover their own vocation. Two, we have someone who's either being encouraged or discouraged yeah. in their vocation. Yeah. You know, and I like what you said about uh, the, we should struggle with it. It should. This is something you know, to wrestle with because we, of course, have our own desires formed yeah. by our families or formed by the, our friendships or formed by where we've been in life. And then there's God's desire for us, yeah. right? So it, yeah. should be a, yeah. it should be a struggle. You yeah. know? And I remember <clears throat> when, I, when I went to the seminary, I didn't, I didn't, I knew that there was part of me who was open to the priesthood, but I didn't know at the time that that's where I wanted to To fully be, right? Uh, And when I was ordained a deacon, you know, five years later, uh, I mean, my time in the seminary was a beautiful experience. I used the passage of Jeremiah chapter 20 for my uh, scripture quote, because Jeremiah just talks beautifully in this, in this uh, uh, verse of the scriptures, because he says, uh, Lord, you have enticed me. And I was enticed, you know, and that was such a story. That was me. Like the Lord did entice me, like, you know, lured me over a little bit. And then Jeremiah continues, uh, you have overpowered me and you have prevailed. (laughs) That's awesome. You know, and it was for me, that was a really like, that's exactly what happened. The Lord did entice me over. He had to overpower me. Like he had to body slam me down and uh, (laughs) wrestle me to the ground, you know, Uh, but he prevailed. People don't realize that that is a, that's that priests go through that struggle. I remember a buddy of mine that was was to wondering about priesthood, and he went and saw the bishop, and the bishop said to him, "Do you want to get married?" 
And the guy's like, yeah, yes, I have a desire to be married. He said, good, I wouldn't want you. If you said no right there, I wouldn't want you to be a priest. Mm -hmm. And, and the, I remember my buddy coming back and just being shocked by that, but realizing, no, it is a sacrifice. Like the vocation of that is a sacrifice, but it's giving it up for God's, right? It is your desire yeah. <clears throat> giving it over. Look at the John chapter 10. We read this past Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, the good shepherd, Jesus is our model. Jesus lays down his life yeah, yeah. for the sheep. And the priest who is in persona Christi does the same. Like, you know, like me personally, I could have done various things in my life, you know, uh, but when God overpowers you, he yeah. prevails, <laughs> you know, and I, I honestly can say, sure, it's not life, uh, the life uh, of a priest isn't perfect, but I've, I, in my five years as a priest, have had very few bad days, very yeah. few, yeah. you know. And um, and that comes from what you, one of you said before. There's a there's sort of an inner joy. It's yeah. not perfect. It's yeah. not like a perpetual happiness. But when you fulfill God's plan for you, there's an inner peace. That's right. There's an inner joy. Yeah. That even well, you guys know from marriage, you know, there's ups and downs. Yeah. But there's that inner peace. You know that even though you fight with your wife or whatever it might be, yeah. you guys still love each other. You, there's the still you've had yeah. a tough day. That bond is stronger than yeah, yeah. than anything, right? So yeah. it's the same to the reason. So I want it like for someone who's who's discerning, who who's wrestling. You know, where where is God calling me in my life? It's number one. We cannot discover our vocation if we're, we've separated ourselves from our spiritual life. Hundred percent. Lots of people who say I don't know where to go in life. They're not praying. Mm -hmm. Yep. People in general aren't praying. Yeah. You know, like even people who come to mass on Sunday. If we don't have a prayer life um, every day to spend time with God, we have no idea what God's trying to do with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So prayer life is so important to every day. But we, we, we can't separate the two. You know, there are some people who say, well, my vocation in life was to be uh, whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. Well, it's just what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. Sure. But God takes what we're good at and moves us somewhere else sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we have to be connected in a spiritual life. So for young, like let's talk about because everyone will say, well, there's a, there's a shortage of priests. Well, no kidding. There's a shortage of faith. Yeah. There's a shortage of um, devotion to, to Jesus. Uh, and not devotion, maybe it's not the right word. Um, a commitment of faith, like mm -hmm. lack of um, interest maybe. So, of course, imagine what our families, our communities, our cities, our world would look like if everyone had fulfilled what God set out for them. Yeah. Huh. Imagine. What a beautiful place that would be. Yeah. Now, it's just this, you know, race of life that, that people are going through just kind of, you know, but we, we can't separate it from a life of faith. We have, we have to be, uh, we have to be praying. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, back to the shortage, yeah. of course. Then another obstacle I would say is even Catholics who sit in the pew on Sunday discourage vocations <laughs> to, to religious vocations. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. you know, or maybe even families. Yeah, who I, do I that could for marriages. I was I was going to say, it, yeah, yeah, the same. I, I, you can easily see how a family would discourage someone from being a priest if. So whenever someone discourages you from your own path that God has called you to, I would say you have to look at the motive behind the person, and mm -hmm. is it being selfish? Not to you, but if I was being encouraged to be a priest or being encouraged to be, a, you know, have kids and have families, what is the motive behind it? Because I've learned very quickly on that God doesn't tell me what is good for Matt. 
Do you sure. know what I mean? Exactly. If, like if Matt's praying and doing his own thing, two things. God doesn't normally tell us two different things. If me and Matt are in some sort, like if, if, if I'm Matt's father or something, and I'm, uh, then if I'm praying really for what's good for Matt, then, then God is going to let me mind my own business or sometimes steer Matt in the right direction. But it's Matt's call overall. And if Matt's doing the right thing, praying and have a spiritual life, then God's going to use that and steer him in the right direction. That's right. You know what I mean? That's a really good thing that you said because it's 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 looking at the motivation, the intention of someone, right? Because it is our duty to recognize gifts in people. Yeah. Like for us to say, Matt, you're really good at this. Have you considered yeah. what God's trying to do in your life with those gifts that you have? That's something That's we should be, that we should be doing, yeah. right? But for, for uh, you know, so that doesn't mean we shouldn't comment on people's uh, no. gifts or, or future path. But if we start saying to, to Matt, like, you shouldn't be a priest because... Yeah, I want kids. I, I want grandkids. I, yeah, exactly, or, <laughs> I or whatever it might be. That intention is not. And 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 to be honest with you, a lot of times, if, let's say they're not saying grandkids because that's only parents, right? Yeah, they don't really exactly. care about that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, let's yeah. say it's people outside of that. If they were encouraging people not to, because you're never going to be able to have sex. That's something that I've heard when encouraging young people to look at vocations is other people encouraging them you can't have sex. That's putting sex at a position above the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's like, cause as humans, we only live for sex. Mm. And so can you imagine, you know, no, that's like the, take that out of the equation. That's not, you know, that yes, that's something you have to give up, but it's not something that's the be all end all of your life, you know? Yeah. And I just want to on that note yeah. say that, um, rarely yeah. do I find, uh, a, a priest or a sister or a deacon uh, someone who serves the church, who has followed the path because of an authentic vocation, yeah. like an authentic calling from God, yeah. I have rarely seen them not joyful. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's not to say, I mean, sure, people have encounters with priests where they're not joyful and, <laughs> and um, you know. Uh, they're still human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, people who are passionate about what they do because it was truly what God has called them to just like in marriage, just like in, yeah. in any vocation. If it's if it's God that's brought you to this moment, there's beautiful things that happen from that, right? Um, I just want to turn the table here quickly on. So we know if if someone is thinking where whatever it might be, whether it's career related, marriage, priesthood, religious life, whatever it might be, if you're wondering what to do with your life, see a spiritual director. Go see your priest. What, go what see do you mean your by sister. spiritual director? Yeah, I would, I would go see a priest first yep. or a religious sister and ask them who would they recommend yes. uh, for them. Because what I do when I meet with someone for the first time, I listen to what they're looking for. Yeah. And then I kind of put them in the right direction of who they should be talking to. This, right? Because yeah, people have their other, like, so like you said, spiritual directors also have their gifts. Exactly. So this is more counseling person. This is more someone who can direct them. Yeah, and it's yeah. very important that spiritual direction is not counseling. Spiritual yes. direction is where is God leading me in my okay, life? Okay, good. There you go. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that part of spiritual direction, you don't talk about things that you struggle with or of whatever. Yeah. But it's not counseling. Okay? Spiritual direction is for you and a director to, to really discern where the Holy Spirit is leading you in your life. Okay? Yeah. And you don't only need a spiritual director when you're considering these things. No, you can no, yeah, use yeah. one for other major events in your life as well. Okay, so that's the first thing. I would Perfect. like talk, um, you know, because today young people go online. 
Yeah. What, what does it mean to be a priest? Or how do I, should I be, you know, should I become a priest or whatever like that? Google doesn't have the answer for you. No. God does. So speak to someone who is, and don't ask, um, you know, I always say to students at school, don't start talking with this stuff with an uncle who's upset at the church or, or something. You got, you know, who's going to say, what the heck are you doing that for? Yeah. You know, like go talk to a, a priest you trust and, and can have a conversation with. He'll, he holds that in confidence. He's not going to put on his social media that you might be thinking of a vocation or whatever. No, like that, no he's not going to kidnap you and put you in the seminary. That's like, right. That's <laughs> like, right. That doesn't happen. And, and, and you're not going to get like endless emails from them just saying, okay, have you decided today? Exactly. Have you decided today? Have you decided And today? I can say as the vocation director for our diocese, <laughs> yeah, all, all, the first time anyone reaches out to me, yeah. all I say is come and meet with me. Um, we're just going to discover. First, we're going to work on your relationship with God. That's yeah. it. Because... No matter what you decide, yeah. when your relationship That's with God right. is in the right place, you're going you're gonna to be uh, with, with that peace and that joy. You know what I mean? It's not like, here's an application form for the seminary. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, you know, I, I wait. Um, I make sure someone is, is uh, comfortable in their faith first. Because before you become a, a good married man, a good Catholic married, a good Catholic husband, before you become a good Catholic priest, you have to be a good Catholic first. Yeah. You have to be a good Christian First, and that's what we're forming first. Okay. Look, I was going to just say on that note. Again, the world looks at it as a business pro- proposition. Yeah. Yes. Whereas, in, as the church looks at it as, an, as a vocation, a calling from God, this is where. So, even though there's a shortage of priests, yeah, it's not like you're going to be recruited. Like in the army, there's a shortage of soldiers. Yeah. We need you. You're in. Oh, you know what? You you need glasses. We're going to look past that requirement right now. Let's throw you in there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That doesn't happen or shouldn't happen in, the, yeah. in, in um, someone looking or discerning the priesthood. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole series of tests that you have to go through. Sure. There's seven years, eight years of, of discernment yeah. before you actually have to make your final vows, right? Okay. And now what about people who are encouraging? Because we have just a few minutes left. And uh, so people who, like we're talking to regular Catholics you might, uh, uh, you know, uh, already be married. You might be widowed. You might uh, be in your mid, uh, the, the, yeah. the middle of your life or the end of your life or the, whatever it might be. How do we encourage, how does anyone encourage people to, to, to find their vocation? Um, I, I would say that, like, that there are, are ways that you're probably already leaning towards or living out that vocation. So, like, the, um, uh, one, one example from my life is uh, before... Um, before I even became Catholic, um, I was—I uh, I won't name names because uh, <laughs> um, uh, someone came to me, um, and she was slightly intoxicated. Um, I was working campus police at, at at the university at the time, um, and she was this really friendly person. Um, and she started talking about this board game. I was like, I haven't played that board game, but you know, I like board games. And, and it was just like this really, really strange encounter. Um, but this person was uh, just like, you have to come over. Um, like she, she was in a, a household of, of Catholic girls, yeah. um, and she was like, you have to come over. You have to play this. But like it, like that relationship, that friendship started with an invitation to play a board game when she was slightly intoxicated. <laughs> she's now a nun. She's now she's now a religious <laughs> sister, um, and she was instrumental. Like that 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 was the kind of kickoff yeah. point, but she was instrumental in kind of the step-by-step of getting me, you know, connected with chaplaincy, um, having those kind of early discussions that, you know, r- really set me on the right track for, you know, m- me coming to faith. And ultimately, what, what ended up becoming my vocation is that she was already um, 
living out the virtues of religious life in, in that situation that, you know, you would not expect um, that she was um, encouraging me to, uh, you know, be involved with this community, be involved with the church. Um, and, and same with uh, uh, people who are called to the vocation of marriage, that there's, there's probably already some, some inclination, some uh, desire for the, the, um, the fruits and the virtues of that vocation. Um, so at, as a community, we can, we can recognize that. I know we're, we're fathers of, of young boys, yeah. um, that uh, you know, if, if we see that, that disposition emerging, uh, emerging in them, that you know, maybe they're called to the priesthood, we want to foster that. We want to encourage that. We want to kind of, um, you know, get them get them altar serving, get them get them involved, um, and really um, set them up as well as we can for whatever vocation God is calling them to. Um, and we want to be kind of open to that calling, like open as individuals, as parents, but also as you know, a community, and not letting our own kind of interests or desire for. Yeah. Uh, ways down the road, but like grandchildren right. or yes, whatever, kind of short circuit our yeah. our kind of uh, more mature understanding of kind of vocation rather than just kind of career path. Or this is what we want our our kids to be. Yeah, and uh, and on top of that, like uh, on top of encouraging people and noticing signs within them and and giving them an encouraging word, uh, you know, we should also try our best to. Um, to foster a community, a sense of community with our uh, priests and religious sisters, mm-hmm. married couples in the parish, you know, because yeah. oftentimes uh, people sit in the pew and and then they go home and will complain about their priest or complain about a religious uh, sister or Person brother or or, yeah. or you know the, the married couple sit in front of them in the pew yeah. who brought their kid to the mass for the first time or something like that. But that's our community. Our, our community needs to be one of, uh, of encouragement, you know. Uh, thank you, Sister So-and-so, for this. You know, I really appreciated that. Uh, thank you, Father. Or, uh, like, you know, congratulations, Matt uh, and Teresa Marie, for, you know, you're bringing your newborn to, to Mass. That's so sweet. Or, like, that's part of the Christian community. But yeah. we don't often do that. You yeah. know, we often, uh, if we do share something, mostly they're complaints. I'm not saying you can never complain, yeah. uh, you know, to do so with charity, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that whole mindset has to be there where we encourage people. If, I think if people were to take it into their daily prayer. Yeah, And that's exactly. where, like, if you if you pray and ask God, okay, God, give me, give it to me, uh, or maybe make a specific day. I mean, we talk about evangelization and some other things we were talking about before the show. But, like, you take a specific time, Lord, Give me the, who, who in my life is it? Is it, think about the people around you. Is it a neighbor kid? Is it, is it, I'm thinking about the younger generation, sure. right? But it could be an older generation. It could be someone who is widowed and is looking, wants, maybe it's a woman that wants, or, or a man, that, either one that might want to um, change their vocation at that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe God's calling them to that. But uh, if you're looking, who in your life? Is it is it a neighbor? Is it a is it a, one of your children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews? Who is it? So pray about that. Yeah. Ask God who it comes and let God give you someone to come to mind, and then pray for that person. Pray for that person on a daily basis. Yeah. But then what you're specifically asking God for is for the opportunity. Okay, God, I'm not gonna just make this happen on my own. So if you want me to start this, you know, get this, help foster this relationship, you need to help me with mm-hmm. that. And so. It's amazing. God opens up the opportunity so you can talk to this person. Talk to the. I to give you an idea. I was praying for some person, kind of on this idea, and this person ended up on a eight-hour road trip with me, randomly. 
and and I was like, and I was stuck beside them in the seat. And you know, I don't talk very much, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, no. uh, so anyways, but they, but it was eight hours of discussing with this person. And eight hours uh, that would be like the length of a podcast if you were in charge. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, but that was it. Was it was amazing how like just but through the prayer and through that God opened up that conversation and the discussion. You're able to talk and you're able to, and then and then and again, it's not like. You need to be a priest. It's, sure. it's fostering that relationship and encouraging, like you said that that the woman did with you was is a fostering a relationship and slowly and then and then pointing it out to them. Do you see this in yourself? Oh, do you see this? Oh, you know. But letting God, if you're praying for it, if you're if you are close in your spiritual life, if you're on track, God's going to leave you, lead you to those people. And like you said, that person that you were talking to, I bet you she was on track with her spiritual life mm-hmm. because she was able then to reach out when you were available. Boom. And, it, you know, God's just going to open those people up in front of you. And if you're specifically praying about vocations, God, use me to help get vocations for your church. I think he's going to do it. But you got to ask him and you got to be open to the opportunity. Yeah. And I, I think everyone needs to just realize we yeah. all play a part in fostering vocations, whatever that vocation might be. You know, teachers uh, in schools, uh, students yeah. won't find their vocation if we're not teaching them faith. Yeah. Um, parents. Uh, your children won't find their vocation, whatever it might be, if we're not talking about faith or praying at home, uh, you know, or encouraging that. Uh, we're in the community, in the church community, if we're not focused on growing deeper in love with Jesus, we're not going to discover our vocation. The more we know God, the more we discover what he wants to do with us in our life. Okay, we are uh, way over time, but uh, this past Sunday, uh, I encouraged people if they had, um, for, for, the, for priesthood and religious life, uh, if they knew a priest or a sister that really impacted their life, uh, and, and if, if, they, if they're deceased, to pray for them, mm-hmm. uh, if they're still alive, to reach out to them. Send them a note, send them an email or whatever, yeah. just thanking them, uh, maybe sharing with them how they've, uh, they've been blessed. Because I, I think uh, that's very important. We have to be, once we're, once we're grateful for the people who have... Uh, laid down their life like the good shepherd to serve the church, then uh, that helps us uh, try to encourage more uh, vocations in the church and want to d- and desire that for other people as well, right? So maybe you can pray for, pray for that. It, it was the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. So pray for vocations first and foremost uh, in the church. And uh, yeah, thanks for the discussion. And uh, that's it for this week because uh, we're way over time. I know I will be. Continue- I pray every day for an increase in vocations uh, for our parish community, for our diocese, uh, for our church uh, throughout the world. So maybe that's something that people can. Uh, we used to give challenges on this uh, know, on the podcast. You know, maybe that's a challenge this week to, to either reach out to someone to pray to ask the Lord to place someone on your heart. Um, we so we asked people this past Sunday to reach out to someone. Uh, and then right after we celebrated Mass, you know, me and the altar servers and the, the deacon uh, went into the sacristy and I thanked Deacon Allen yeah. for his Vocation. ministry yeah. to the church. And, and he was very grateful for that, just saying thank you <laughs> to that. And I think you were present at yeah, that yeah, moment yeah. too, and the altar servers were kind of watching this happen. It's a beautiful thing to be thanked. Oh, you know, sure. so maybe it's something that people can consider uh, this it's week. Acknowledgement whoever, of your service, exactly. Yeah. Whoever it is, someone in your life that's that's sort of helped you in your faith life. Okay, that's it. My name is Father Daniele, uh, and uh, that's all of the time we have. So for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milgen, we'll see you next time on another episode of the Catholic Buzz. <laughs>